broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Boost Mobile, everything you've always wanted in a mobile carrier. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Visit us at OxyPow.com. UNLV Hockey, ACHA D1 Hockey, World Class City. By M-Drive, take our short quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which M-Drive fits your lifestyle. By Summer Skates, show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. By Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for great taste and great value. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the location near you. And by the University of Arizona Wildcats. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans, WCHL hockey fans, Hockey fans in general, it's Wednesday night. It's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from Kansas City, Missouri, where it is raining cats and dogs. And uh, hopefully I'm going to get out of here carefully and uh, make it over to Denver tomorrow. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh up in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's probably, what, 85, balmy. You're probably sitting by the pool, got your summer skates on, just kicking back, getting ready for another big weekend of hockey. No? Well, it's it's about 70 degrees. Uh, things are a little bit spooky here in Las Vegas. Oh, wait, that's just another Wednesday in Vegas. But the Golden Knights <laughs> decided they had enough of scaring the, the Vegas-born fans. They decided they finally were going to win a game, which they did last night. Uh, I think they were playing a little Halloween trick on all of us by going one and four in their first five games. But I think they're on the back right path Back-to-back tonight, though. Back-to-back <laughs> tonight. I don't know what the score is. I... I I haven't seen that, but uh, in Dallas tonight. Although it got a little spooky for the Golden Knights because they had to fly today to Dallas from Denver because they, they didn't get to fly last night after the game, I guess, on the plane, some mechanical issues or something. So they got into the Dallas today about 4 p.m. Dallas time for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop oh, Dallas great. time. So. Great. You got to love travel. <laughs> uh, speaking of travel, Missouri State's coming up to see you this weekend. I had a chance to watch them uh, really, really really do some damage uh, to uh, Central Oklahoma. I saw the first game Friday night. It was our game of the week. And then, of course, Saturday night they completed the sweep. So while I was there, Stephen, I said, you know what? Um, we need to bring on the guy that's going to be the uh, – uh, that is the voice of Ice Bears Hockey, Steve Casson. So in about two or three minutes here, we're going to bring Steve on. But before we get to that, um, guess what happened today? The, the polls came out. The quote, the quote unquote <laughs> rankings came out. Yeah. yeah, I can't even call it a poll. It's a ranking. Oh, good Lord. Can we get the computers well, involved pretty well, soon? It, it is basically a poll because they poll the coaches and the coaches decide, you know, the coaches vote on. Okay, these. but come on, guys. Are the coaches not watching anything? I mean, holy cow. Uh, some of these well, as, as Chris Perry ridiculous. said, as Chris Perry said on our show last night, I think he has said it on, on their podcast too that he does that it's it doesn't matter. They're meaningless. The computer takes over in November, and of course, we've had our own debates about how the computer does it. But I think I think when we see these polls, we we look forward to the computer. Then a few weeks in, when the computer rankings out, then we start debating about the computer rankings. So we're never satisfied. <laughs> it's like the weather; we're always say it's either too well, cold or too hot. Okay. But, if it's a computer, though, it's a computer. It's more right? fair, though. Yeah, more yeah, fair. The computer can, doesn't have any emo doesn't have any bias or any favoritism exactly. or anything like that. Yeah. 
and we can kick the computer if we have to. It's uh, it's one of those things. But uh, I'll tell you, the frustration was out at the NCAA level too. And Paul and I decided decided yeah decided to start our own poll in NCAA hockey. So the Super Sixteen debuted this Sunday. Every Sunday night on College Hockey Southwest Live, we will give you our pick for the top sixteen teams in NCAA hockey. And I'm thinking maybe me and you need to get involved in this thing and, and start our own uh, ACHA top 20 or something like that because, oh, holy that, cow. I mean, means, you've got to pay attention. Well, that means we have to watch – we have to pay attention to all the games instead of the ones on the WCHL. <laughs> well, I know, but I think I could tell you uh, some of these things uh, sure. just – just by looking at it from a distance. But anyway, let's, let's well, not wait any longer well, speak, because... Speaking of that, we should mention, though, that Lindenwood is number one, and they're still number one. And, of course, the NCAA connection there is that Lindenwood went to Air Force this... or hosted Air Force this weekend at, yeah. uh, at Santine and played a couple of games, exhibition games against Air Force, of course, as Lindenwood's preparing to make that jump to the NCAA level. And, uh, of course, Air Force won both games, but but it was a uh, it was a well. You were there for that, so you can kind of report on how those games went. But yeah, I, I warmed my seat up for the national tournament. By the way, I picked it out. <laughs> good. Do we have Do we have a good spot? Do we have a good spot? Do we have a good spot? Nothing's a bad spot in Centene. It's a beautiful place. So, yeah, uh, Lindenwood found out that uh, uh, NCAA hockey is a little bit different. Still, this was their third exhibition game. They're a solid hockey team, but even uh, Coach Zombo will tell you that he's short a few guys. So, anyway, but, but we got our guest on. We've got Steve Casson from the uh, the director of broadcasting from Missouri State Hockey. So let's not keep him waiting because he's. I don't know if he's going to Vegas or not. We'll find out. Uh, but let's let's bring Steve on. Steve Scott and Steven with you tonight. First of all, thank you, and how are you? Hey guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You and I met for the first time. I've uh, heard your work uh, for a while, but we met for the first time on Friday, and you were so doggone busy. I didn't even get a chance to do anything except take a couple of pictures of you in your pink shirt and uh, pink tie or whatever it was. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I tell people that uh, I pretty much get in the broadcast zone when I do things, and when I have friends come by, I warn them in advance, and I say, hey, guys, you've got to understand – in between the game, I'm busy as all get out. But after the game, we can do whatever we want. And, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. But that this past weekend was uh, obviously uh, something incredible. We played on pink ice. It was for breast cancer awareness. And to answer your question about if I'm going to Las Vegas, the plan was to go. But I've also been contracted to do the Arizona State Women's Missouri Showcase They've been coming every year to play. And uh, so it'll be Arizona State, uh, Concordia, which Concordia and, of course, Arizona State are the two teams that have always played in the tournament. But we're going to add Lindenwood and Maryville this week, uh, this, uh, yeah, this coming up weekend. So it's going to be fun. And I just actually had to email the coaches and let them know, uh, by the way, you're going to be playing on pink ice because the ice is still pink. <laughs> I'm sure they had no problem with that. <laughs> well, I haven't heard a response yet, so maybe that's good. Maybe it's not good. I don't know. But it uh, it should be some good hockey. You know, women's Division One ACHA hockey is, is uh, some of the most fun you could do. The key, though, is making sure that I don't say he shoots. It's got to be she shoots. <laughs> Very good. Okay, now, so I, I'm a little bit disappointed that you won't be going to Vegas because my co-host is uh, going to do his first play-by-play broadcast uh, for UNLV this weekend, and uh, I was hoping maybe you'd coach him up a little bit. but <laughs> yeah, we, we could still try to do that, but, uh, yeah, you, you know, as long as you don't say he's got the puck and – the other team's got the puck. I think you're good. <laughs> is, let, right. me ask, let me ask. Let me ask about the pink ice. Is was, is it harder to call a game with the pink ice, or easier, or the same uh, in regards to following the puck and the action because uh, of the, the color scheme? Honestly, because this is the best pink ice we've had. We have had bubblegum pink. We have had so dark it almost looked purple. But this is actually some of the best pink ice we've had. And seeing the puck really wasn't that bad, especially when you get the shavings on it. It, it was able to be had pretty well. 
Uh, you do, even on a white surface, sometimes lose the puck a little bit, but I didn't have a problem with it. I know our goaltender, Bailey Stevens, didn't because he played extremely well this weekend. And, you know, I, I don't think you can make any excuses and say, well, Central Oklahoma had a hard time on the ice. I, I don't think they did. I, I think, uh, if, you know, if we get back to those games, that Missouri State just outplayed Central Oklahoma this weekend. It's the third time in hi- in history as a Division One team that Missouri State has swept Central Oklahoma at home. Wow, that I mean, that's something. I was telling Stephen, Steve, that when when I uh, met you, you were busy talking to the coaches like I was. Only you were far more detailed than I was. I mean, you had a folder with all of the information that that uh, probably has ever happened in Missouri State hockey, and. Uh, Man, I, I couldn't tell if you were preparing for an NHL game or an ACHA game. So kudos to you for, for putting in the effort and doing such a professional job. Tell us a little bit about how you got started doing that and, and your love for Ice Bears hockey. Well, we have to go back to when I first discovered hockey. And I was probably about 10 years old. And if you remember the old Encyclopedia Britannicas, right? Oh, so I, I had a, I a lineup of those. Wait, what are, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> 90s um, kid here. <laughs> but I happened to have a little portable black and white TV that I could carry around with me. And one night, uh, if you also remember when particle board furniture was the in thing. Oh, and yes. Yes, so I, I had this one shelf kind of little nightstand and my little TV fit perfectly in there. And what I would do at night is I would put the covers over that, put the TV in there, kick it on and start uh, flipping through channels. Well, one day I flipped through and I saw this sporting event. Now living in LA, the Lakers were on live, the Dodgers, angels, they were all on live, uh, but the Kings, for some reason, were the only team that they would tape delay and play at 10 o'clock at night. So here I am, this little kid. I'm flipping through, and I see this sport, and all of a sudden I hear the announcer, who became my mentor, Bob Miller. He said, Kings hockey will be right back in a moment. Well, I didn't know what the word hockey was. So I go to the Encyclopedia Britannica. I open up. I look at hockey. I start reading everything about it. And I'm thinking, I'm loving this sport. I come back. <laughs> I he says, it. when our next game is going to be you know, Friday, tape delayed at 10, okay, I'm there watching. Well, my dad couldn't understand why every night I wanted to go right to bed when I never did before, but I wanted to. <laughs> and I remember the day when the Kings scored. He pulls the covers off and says, what are you doing? And so that's kind of how I got interested in hockey. And then um, I would call play-by-play of games when we'd play in the garage. And eventually, uh, back then, hockey was not that popular in California. So finding an ice rink was difficult. But I played in the old Norwalk Ice Arena. It was so old that they had chain-link fence for the glass and the boards <laughs> were uh, – Uh, corrugated and sometimes plywood. So that's where I grew up playing. And I just got the love for it. Eventually, I ended up working with the LA Kings for 15 years and working in media relations. And then I did time on ice. I worked for the general manager. And all the time, I was trying to figure out some kind of game to broadcast. And so I started out and I wanted to actually broadcast for Cal State Fullerton. I had gone there, and I was going to play for their team, but the team folded when the rink that they had, which was in a mall, closed, so there really wasn't any place to play. Then I ended up moving to Missouri. Well, for about a year and a half or so, I had no idea there was even an ice rink here, Once I found that out, once I found out there was a hockey team, I approached Stan Melton, who, of course, you know, the the arena is named after him, the the East Rink. They call it the Stan Melton Nice Rink now. And I talked to Stan, and he said, no, we don't have anybody doing our games. And I said, well, Stan, I'd like to do them. 
And of course, I was relatively green at that time. Um, I had been in radio for many years and did other sports. But uh, when I say green, I mean, I still did my own play-by-play when I was a young kid uh, while we were playing hockey in the garage, but I had never really done it for a, for a team. Uh, so once that got established and I've been now with the team for, I think going on 17 years, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Like I said, you do a fantastic job at, uh, at calling games. And like I said, your professionalism is second to none. Um, so before we dig into the ice bears this year, um, Talk a little bit about these polls with us. You heard Stephen and I, I'm sure, as we, we got started on the rankings. Um, I know the computers haven't kicked in yet, but how in the world um, does a team sweep a team and uh, still end up four spots behind them in the poll the very next week? I will tell you a little bit of an inside situation in that I was a pollster at one time for the Division Two team. Uh, for about six or seven years, I, I was a pollster. And what I can tell you is that it's it's either based on popularity or it's based on what teams you're familiar with or even the amount of time that you want to put into ranking the teams. And, I, and I'm not trying to dog anybody out there because especially uh, with Division Two, you're trying to figure out who's who and what's what. Um, sometimes you can't even get information on games. I, I will say that the ACHA does a good job in that at the beginning of the week, before you are to rank the teams, they at least give you scores. And if you want to, you can go in and you can look at the games on the score sheets, but that doesn't tell you anything. I mean, that doesn't tell you the tempo of the game. It doesn't tell you uh, you know, who controlled play, you know, you could if if you looked at the Missouri State UCO game in a six three game, and you can say, "Well, wow, that was pretty close." But Missouri State controlled the tempo mostly that entire game until the third period. So there's so many different nuances that go into it. But the only thing I can say, and and this is my opinion only, is that I think right now, and this is the last ranking until we go to computers. So next week it'll. It'll go to computers, and, and it's going to take into account all the different things. You know, who played who, uh, if it was a, a one-goal differential, if it was more than six, all that kind of stuff, strength of schedule. It'll take all those little things and those nuances into, into uh, consideration. But when you're a coach, you know, who knows if anybody that's ranking ever saw Missouri State play. And who knows if you are ranking Drexel or Calvin. I know we've not seen them play before. So how do you do that? And But to answer your question as far as how did Central Oklahoma lose two games to Missouri State, and and you look at it and you say, well, they're, they're pretty close in record-wise, and Missouri State only lost to Lindenwood, but who else is going to end up losing to Lindenwood? And they swept Central Oklahoma. You would think they would be put on top. But again, right now, it's coaches that are doing it. It's what they're familiar with. And I'm not knocking that at all because if we would have had coaches throughout the entire season, then I might have an issue with coaches only being familiar with certain teams. But the reason they're doing this for at least a month is to give the computer the ability to take in all the other games and all the considerations and then to accurately put out a ranking and, I would venture to say that by the time's all said and done, and generally this has been proven true, that when you get down to the very end, that last ranking, you're going to look back and say, you know what, based on what I've seen this year and the scores I've seen, yeah, this is a pretty decent ranking. This is what I believe. Although I will throw an asterisk on there and say that I was pretty upset one year when Missouri State was ranked 10th or something to that effect. And that, yes, they, they lost a game to Oklahoma, which was ranked 30-something, and then Missouri State all of a sudden through the computer dropped 12 spots. I kind of had a, a problem with that. I, I don't see how you can drop, <laughs> you know, with one loss to one lower-ranked team, but or, well, a higher-ranked team, I guess, in a sense. But 
those are those are anomalies. But I think when all, like I say, when all said and done, you'll find out that the rankings are, are, are going to be pretty decent. I mean, you, you'll probably see some teams that may drop. Uh, I guess I won't state any of them. We'll just see what happens. But you know, there'll, there'll be a few teams because it's going again. It's going to take into consideration head to head and uh, strength of schedule and things like that. Uh, there are teams, and if you wonder, for instance, you know why on the computer, why is a team that's maybe two and eight ranked up in the top fifteen? Well, if you look at their strength of schedule, they played the likes of Lindenwood or maybe Liberty or Iowa State or Minot State or Adrian. They're going to get credit for playing those tough teams, and especially if they played them, let's say, to a one-goal game or even maybe lost in overtime or something, which would be technically a tie, according to rankings, you're going to get the benefit of that. So I think at the end, you're going to see, like I say, you're going to see that things will even out and uh, maybe a lot of the complaining may may stop. But as far as we're concerned, as far as Missouri State's concerned, is I, I think you're going to have to be 17 or lower in order to make the Nationals because of some of the buys and the automatic bids. So uh, that's what I meant, automatic bids. Uh, so, but if Missouri State ends up winning the WCHL, they may get that that automatic matter. bid. So, yeah, it we'll doesn't see. matter at that point. They get the auto bid. But uh, here is my thought on it, and I know Steven's got his opinion too. But this is this is the way I look at it. If you haven't gone to uh, the computers yet, um, and I get a lot of fans, the parents uh, that will text me or. Uh, send me an email or something to go like, you know, uh, this is my, my first year in, in watching ACHA hockey. And why, you know, they're asking that same question you just said, why is a two and eight team ahead of so-and-so? And, and my thought of it is kind of this way. Um, if you're not going to go to the computers anyway, and I understand why you wait, then, then why not we try to be a little bit closer to it? I mean, I look at Iowa state, right? I mean, they played 12 games. They haven't lost any, haven't tied any, and, and they're sitting in fourth in fourth spot. Now, I get Liberty. Liberty's a very tough uh, hockey team, and I'm, I'm not necessarily taking anything against Kirk and his team this year. But um, if you're trying to draw the interest of fans and parents, uh, they have a hard time understanding that, that part that you just explained very well to us, by the way. Uh, so I, I don't know for the start why you don't just go like, okay, well, Iowa State's played 12 games. They've won them all. Uh, Liberty's played nine. They've lost two. Um, maybe those two should be bumped. And I'm just using that as, as an example. Well, again, you're, you're talking about coaches that have to be familiar with these teams. And, yeah, you could go under record alone. But at the same time, if you are trying to figure out what they did, and, and I'm talking about uh, pollsters that would really look at the games and say, okay, who did they play? Like, for instance, uh, Iowa State played Waldorf. They've played Midland. They've played Colorado. They played Maryville. Uh, teams that, you know, for ranking purposes are lower-ranked teams. They, didn't, they haven't played the teams of Lindenwood, Minot State, Liberty. Adrian. So when you look, when, when the computer takes a look at that, that's going to be a whole different scenario. But if you're looking at coaches and they say, well, yeah, you know, they kind of did play so-and-so and and this team and this team. And from what I understand about them, they're not as strong as I think they are, or they played Ohio, but Ohio is starting to rebound a little bit. Maybe you get some kind of bias or something uh, in that respect. So uh, and again, this is not to put down coaches or anything, uh, but yeah, it's, no, I, I totally understand you on that. Yeah, I mean, because when you look at it, uh, if you look at, for instance, uh, NCAA teams, NCAA, there's statistics, there's records, there's all sorts of information that anybody can get on these teams and know what happened and what went on, including uh, game recaps and things like that. So now. You know, as a as a coach, and again, this is coaches that are doing this. Uh, do you have the time to go research every single team? 
And, you know, the answer obviously is no, you don't. And the information is not readily available. So, again, do you go off popularity? Do you go off of what you know? Do you go off of maybe what you can research or have an assistant research and then go from there? So uh, I, I think things will start to, like I say, even out a little bit. Um, the only team that I see right now that is close to a sub 500 team and in, you know, Michigan Dearborn, they're four, four and two, uh, and they're ranked number eight. And I think Jamestown is three, four and one, and they're ranked number 14. Everybody else has an above 500 record. So yeah, I don't good think point. the coaches yeah, are, point. you know, they're I, not, the coaches are not off completely things, you know, maybe the top 20 might flip flop a little bit, but I think for the most part, they ranked the right teams. Okay, Steven, jump in. Okay, let me let me ask you uh, about this because the three new teams joined the WCHL this year. There's now 10 teams, and, and you've been with the, with the program now for a, a few years, and you've kind of seen the progression of the Missouri State program. But I just want to talk about from the WCHL perspective, since Missouri State has joined and since um, the growth of the hockey and the, the skill of the hockey at the WCHL level. You know, Scott and I always talk about uh, and that there's a lot of really top teams, uh, talented teams, pretty much from top to bottom. And, and, and we talked about a lot about the rankings and stuff. And we, we expect that when it's all said and done that several teams from this conference will, will be in the national tournament picture. Um, so what have you seen from, from that perspective, just the, the growth of hockey at the at the WCHL conference, I guess within the whole ACHA in general, but was closely specific to WCHL and, and having these and how and how nice is it to have these teams in UNLV, Grand Canyon, Utah join in and have the ten teams that we have now. Well, I think the biggest boon to a lot of the teams that are the WCHL is the fact that they're playing teams in the WCHL. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the WCHL is the best conference out there. Uh, you can argue, you know, you've got the likes of Ohio and Lindenwood, uh, but if you look at what the league has become, again, if you're looking strength of schedule here, well, Missouri State and anybody that plays in the WCHL automatically has 20 to 22 games against top-tier teams, teams that will will generally be in the top 25. And they're fairly local, so to speak. Uh, of course, the way the WCHL is structured, you now have kind of a Western and then kind of a Midwestern uh, division, so to speak. But immediately – with your strength of schedule, you've already guaranteed yourself 20 to 22 games where uh, it's going to it's gonna look good rankings-wise. And that's what a lot of teams do. I'll, I'll use Lindenwood as an example. Lindenwood schedules against perennial ranked teams all the time. They know that just by virtue of playing those games, of course you've got to win, but by playing those games, they're pretty much going to be ranked for that year and the season after and the season after. And that's what teams generally do. Missouri State's lucky enough to now be in that position. When we first started as a Division I team, nobody knew who we were. So we were ranked as low as, I think, 45 at one time. Then we became 30. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, we, we get into the Nationals at number 17. And then after that, preseason poll comes out, well, you know, they're not going to rank you any lower than 17. So then you kind of stay in that position. And that's what a lot of these teams have done. The same teams that you see each year are ranked the same way, but it's not necessarily because they don't know who they are because they, you know, coaches and everybody do, but at the same time, they are playing and winning and doing what they need to stay ranked. And so, what you're going to start seeing, I believe, with the WCHL is teams that continue to win and continue to play the same WCHL teams, which are already ranked and will continue to be ranked. Uh, you might see at one point every single team, of course, if there's space, uh, making it into the national tournament. Again, depending on auto bids, depending on all that. I know a couple years uh, Colorado got dumped out. They were a number 18 team, but they only took the top 17. 
So in Colorado State, I think it happened too also. So it's been tough in that respect to kind of be, uh, for lack of better terms, a bubble team. Because, yeah, you're going to have to push for 17 or under. But I really think that uh, the best thing out there is the WCHL right now. Totally agree with you, my friend. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, the guys are now taking the 24-hour road trip. I don't know if they've left yet or if they're leaving tomorrow or or when they're going, but they're in a bus for 24 hours uh, going to Vegas. Uh, time zone change, uh, climate change, pretty much everything changed. Uh, how uh, how does that affect a team in, the, in, like, say, the WCHL that has to make that big a travel? Well, they have practice tomorrow morning, and then they are leaving about noon tomorrow morning to head to Vegas. I, If they were taking a standard bus, just your regular chartered bus with the regular seats, I would say it's going to be extremely difficult. But we are lucky enough to have a former goaltender, uh, not of Missouri State, but of, of uh the minor leagues, he has a bus company. And so we take his sleeper bus. And so guys can lay down, they can relax. There's uh, a couple of tables in there. They can do what, what have you much better situation on a 20 hour bus ride than if you were uncomfortable sitting in regular seats, which we've done before. We did that type of bus ride out to Boston for the nationals as a division two team. Let me tell you, that was tough. Uh, the fact that I we won our first it. two games, its it was crazy. I mean, the fact that we won our first two games, uh, and remember Division 2 is a round-robin scenario, whereas Division 1 is win or go home. I was uh, pleasantly surprised with that. And, of course, we ran into a super-hot Penn State team who was Division 2 at the time, and we ended up losing to them in the round-robin. But, uh, yeah. So having a sleeper bus, which is a, and it's a longer size bus, so we can fit just the players who are coming, all our gear and everything like that, uh, much better situation than if, if you took uh, just a regular charter. So hopefully that'll be a plus for Missouri State. I don't think that the weather will play a factor unless uh, it's raining and uh, windy and and as as horrible as it is right now uh, here in Missouri. But I don't think it's going to be that way in Las Vegas. So I think they're going to enjoy that. And uh, I, I don't think they'll have the proverbial bus legs as a lot of teams do. So let's hope I'm right. Well, I can assure you on the weather front, the weather is going to be beautiful as it as it usually is here in in Vegas. I I think it's going to be in the in the seventies, uh, or it's going to be let's see, seventy nine Fridays, eighty one on Saturday. So it's going to be it's going to be perfect. Nice, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that Steve's staying at home, thanks, Stephen. Thanks for bringing that up and rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's getting, he's got important things to do, so. Uh, you know, I that's great though. I like that. I'd like that with the with the bus. Um, so I guess we we talk about the team coming to Vegas and from from UNLV. That I believe this is the first time these two teams will ever meet. And so for for us here from Las Vegas that don't see this team on a regular basis, you do. And I guess for me, as I prepare to do these games this weekend, what what is a couple of things about Missouri State hockey that that us here in Las Vegas should be uh, ready for um, to see when when the team arrives here in Vegas. Well, one of the things that you're going to see is a team that, at least this team, really wants to win. Everybody's bought into the system. They've bought into what it takes and, and what we have to do to win. Uh, it's interesting, and I will bring up this team because I traveled with them over to You know that when I traveled with Davenport University and their coach at the time, Paul Loudon, I had asked him a question uh, because they were perennial national champions. And I had asked him, what do you guys do? How do you, like, so you're asking me, how do, how do you prepare 
what is on your mind when it comes? Do you think about winning that national championship? Do you think about uh, what do you think about? And he quite honestly said, we think that every shift, everything we do out on the ice, every stride we take, every shot, everything we do is to culminate to winning a national championship. And of course they've done it many times. And so I had kind of said that to some of the coaches about uh, what his philosophy was. And they kind of have the same philosophy. Everything we do, whether it's a shot, whether it's uh, a system, whether it's a play, whether it's pulling the goalie at a certain time, it all, and I know it sounds almost cliche, but it's almost what Missouri State does at least this team does because uh, they feel that this is one of the best teams that they've ever had. And I can tell you from a standpoint of lines, we have four lines at any given time you can put out there and guaranteed that uh, if they don't get any points, they're going to make it difficult on you out there. Defensively, this is probably one of the best defensive teams that we've had and you know, you can just look at uh, some of the guys that are, are just throwing things out there, including uh, Noah Bressa. Uh, he, two goals and seven assists already. He's a big force out there on defense. And Tommy Raymer got a couple of goals uh, a couple of weekends ago against Grand Canyon. It's, it's guys that are freshmen that are coming into this club and just making things happen, which is something that Missouri State has never really seen per se, because they would rely on their their standard lines. You know, they have a top line or a top two lines, and that's what they would rely on and hope that everybody else could buy in. But this is top to bottom, uh, a team that, that is doing it, including Kaysen Gallant. I mean, he's the leader right now with Missouri State, eight goals, nine assists, and uh, he's a freshman. And he is just tearing it up right now. So it's nice to see it. And I think this is uh, this is a team. It's funny because a lot of people have said, well, you know, we're getting respect, but we're not really getting respect. And um, I don't think they, the team necessarily looks at it as wanting to get respect. They just kind of look at it as, hey, we're going to do what we have to do. And uh, if you notice, that's great. And if you don't, well, we'll see you at Nationals. Yeah, good point. I, I can tell you from what I saw, Steve, and you tell me if uh, if these points that I'm going to hit on uh, are factual or not, but um, before the game started, I saw a lot of dedicated, and I give a lot of credit to the ACHA and certainly the WCHL teams for the professionalism that they bring. The guys look good. They're prepared. There's no joking around. They, they get to the rink with a mission, um, and I saw that with Missouri State. Um, number two is when I saw them on the ice, I didn't see any panic. And you know what I'm talking about. They, they were battling Friday night. They ended up on a uh, five-on-three kill. No panic in that team. They just uh, held their ground, ended up getting a, uh, an empty netter, and then they scored again uh, in the final minute to kind of wrap things up. Um, so I saw a, a team of mature individuals and no panic. And then at the, in the end, they had a chance to, uh, to visit with Kaysen, and um, and your goaltender, and why am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, <laughs> Bailey Stevens. Bailey Stevens, yes. And uh, I, I saw confident but not cocky. And uh, they were a joy to talk to. They were a joy to be around. So is your coaching staff. So is everybody involved with the program. And I think you hit it on the head when you said that they're all here to win, and, and they really are. And that's uh, how deep it goes. So um, did I miss anything? No, uh, I think one of the things, though, that and, – and I think the organization as a whole has to take this blame, if you want to call it a blame. But, you know, we said in the beginning, and we have a, a player code of conduct, that you have a specific way you need to dress, you have a specific way you need to act, you have a specific way you need to be. That includes social media, that includes – all of the ways that you're representing Missouri State hockey. One of the things that the players understand is that it's a privilege to play hockey at Missouri State. Because our organization is technically a club team, it could be taken away at any moment. 
And any little thing that happens can do that. Uh, luckily, the management, uh, with myself included, and Ryan Armstrong, our general manager, and of course, Stan, when he uh, ran it for about 15 years, made sure that we run it professionally. We made sure that uh, no issues like that will happen, that we have a good standing with the school. Uh, so with things like that, that's where most of what you saw is a culmination and where it comes from, because they know that uh, it is a privilege to play hockey. One of the things that, that uh, I will say is that we have kind of a mantra that we say it's family first, school second, and hockey third. And if a player can't make it because there's a family issue, hey, that's fine. There's He doesn't you know, sit the next game or, or what have you because family is always first. If they have an issue with school – and you can't make a game, that's fine. School's second. And then we start talking about hockey. So that's where they know that you have to kind of just be as professional as you can because this is a, a privilege here. And so that's kind of the philosophy of Missouri State, and, and it's worked well, and you saw it when you visited us. All right, Stephen, you got one more for Steve? Sure. So – uh, when, when I ask one more time about, about UNLV and if, from, from somebody that's an outsider from the UNLV perspective and, and you're not making the trip, but the team is obviously this weekend. And what, how much of UNLV have you seen? Like, uh, do you, do you follow how closely have you followed their games and, and what you've seen, what they put on here in Vegas and, and what can, what do you think Missouri state can expect from, you know, because I, I, I certainly wouldn't know as someone who goes to most of their games, but from, from you, if, and for the outside, what do you think they're in for from, from UNLV's perspective? I mean, yeah. Well, the only thing that I see, and maybe I can uh, not necessarily get an answer for this, but what I'm seeing is that the scoring is spread out among several different players on UNLV. Uh, I do not know, are Alec and Max brothers? Or they just have the same last name, the Johnsons. They, they, not only are they brothers, but they're twins. Okay. So, you know, they're within one point of each other. They both have five goals. One, I think Alec has an extra assist. Um, I would say, obviously, just looking at stats, those are the two guys that Missouri State's going to have to, to look at. Um, but I do see balanced scoring in eight games. I see, you know, several players with a, a goal and – and several players with two goals, and of course you've got the Johnsons with five. Um, so what that seems to tell me is that anybody can put the puck in the net, so not to take this team lightly. Uh, obviously they played a very good game against UCO, but UCO, I'll tell you what, <laughs> they scare me a little bit because they can turn it on in the third period when they want to, and they did against Missouri State. In fact, in the first game, Missouri State had three shots on goal. Now, two of them in the third period were goals, but it was UCO's period, and and that's what they did to UNLV. So um, I, I, I see it being a tough game. I don't see, and I would hope that Missouri State will not take them lightly. One of the issues, and I'm sure a lot of the teams have it, but one of Missouri State's issues is taking lower-ranked teams or taking teams that they think, oh, we can come in and, and we'll just we'll just sweep the rug with them, and it doesn't happen. And I don't think Nevada Las Vegas is is that type of team that they're going to come in and say, okay, this is a team we can do that with at all. But um, the moment you let up on a team that's hungry, like I'm sure UNLV is, then you've got problems. So I, I think Missouri State will be ready. And uh, again, they're, they're clicking right now on all cylinders, all four lines. Defensively, they're doing well. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll, number one, get a good game. And number two, I think that uh, you're probably going to see another battle similar to UCO. And it's, and it's Halloween weekend in Vegas, so that ought to make for an interesting storyline too if any, anything like that uh, develops in regards to Halloween goblins and whatever you want to call it. Uh, Steve, I, uh, for Steve all, I asked for Halloween I asked, this year. Go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, I asked Stephen. I said uh, if he was going to dress up in costume. He said he was considering going as a play-by-play guy. <laughs> the, well, I will tell you, I'm going as a uh, hockey player with blood and stitches all over his face, and my wife's going as a referee. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's cool. I love it. That's cool. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, final one for me is as you as you look through everything this year, and uh, we came through the pandemic now, and we're on. I believe uh, on the other side of it, you still see some uh, pop up cases here and there. But um, just your thoughts overall, Steve, on on how the ACHA came through. I use the word that Stephen's getting sick of me saying all the time. I think is is relevancy, but. Uh, I think I've, I just have to keep bringing that up because I, I'm so proud to say that ACHA hockey came through the pandemic uh, with flying colors in my, uh, in my view a lot because they stayed relevant. Yeah, I heard you talking about that too. And one of the things that uh, I, I think will be a good read, I, I think uh, you were sent home with one of our programs. Yeah, I was. I was. So there's an article I wrote in there called The Day Sports Stopped and How the Ice Bears Played On. And it had to do with the ACHA, of course, uh, uh, canceling their national tournament, which was supposed to be at the Comerica Center in Frisco, Texas that year in 2020. And they did that right after, literally a day after the National Basketball Association suspended their season at the time. And one of the things that I thought was that was a great thing to do. Uh, obviously, nobody knew what this was going to do, this pandemic, how it was going to shape out, uh, all the different uh, ups and downs we've had with it, and all the different uh, uh, positives and negatives we've had with, you know, as far as masking and all, all the different attitudes that people have. But I think that was the best thing for the ACHA to do. I know that when they were trying to give people the option to play in the fall, that they, in my opinion, it really wasn't completely thought through because at the time they were saying, well, you can play in the fall, but you lose eligibility. And then when it came down to it, it was like, okay, we're going to give everybody eligibility, even though you played in the fall. Regardless of that, I think it worked out better for Missouri State to not play in the fall of that year and to start in January like everybody did. Uh, Well, of the 24 teams that did, I think uh, what helped us was we had local teams like Maryville, like Midland, like Lindenwood and uh, Iowa State, you know, teams like that that we normally play, continued to play too. Uh, one of the things that we were lucky enough to have was fans. Uh, we made sure that we took all the precautions. Uh, we were limited to 350, which even actually got limited to lower than that at one point. But to have fans, and you know, I, I've done games where there were no fans allowed. I think up in Mary Villa and even, in fact, Lindenwood I did where there was no fans allowed, which is a... Um, when you're used to, and you know, you you saw this, Scott. When when you're used to 1,100 screaming, crazy fans, and you have nothing, it's a completely different atmosphere. But I think the ACHA did the right thing, and I also think they did the right thing by having a national tournament, keeping it local at least for us. And I know that St. Louis turned out to be the most viable place. It's the most centrally located. And at the time when they picked it, it's really interesting because there happened to be kind of a spike in COVID cases in St. Louis at the time. And I was wondering if they were going to, again, try to cancel the tournament. But uh, they were kind of, in a sense, being like the NHL. They weren't really telling you where we're going to have it at the time, but, you know, we have a, a spot picked out and we think it's going to work. And I know uh, that they were probably monitoring the cases and then it kind of leveled down and they said, okay, we'll let people in and we'll do it. And so it all worked out. But I agree with you. I, I think the ACHA is a league that can stay extremely relevant. And they've done that by partnering with the NHL. 
and having at the time prior to COVID having several years of the NHL sponsoring uh, an area where they had it in Columbus and all five divisions were there. And then they had it in uh, Dallas. And of course they were going to go to Boston. So I, I hope that once all this is said and done, that the ACHA will continue uh, with that partnership with the NHL. And, and I think more people will start to know about ACHA hockey and look on it with a different perspective than they would, let's say, of uh, like NCAA or NCAA Division Three teams. You know, they're going to look at, at ACHA teams as just on the same level. Yeah, very well put. Well, um, I hope I don't have to take the blame for it because I arrived uh, in Springfield to 70, sunny, no wind, and I left on Saturday morning to rain, and I understand it's pretty much been – that way all the way through. So I hope I didn't bring that on, but gosh, you guys were fantastic. Uh, I definitely will be back. I'm thrilled to have you guys in our coverage area and we look forward to many, many more. Steve, I uh, appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man and you got a big weekend with uh, the the women's uh, tournament as well coming in or, or showcase, whatever they want to call that now, but enjoy it. Thanks for joining us tonight and good luck uh, with the ice bears all the way to the national tournament. Well, again, uh, I appreciate you having me on. And yes, it's the uh, Arizona State Women's Missouri Showcase. That's what it is. And if I can plug, yeah, it will be it will be on Web Sports Radio. I will have the broadcast of all the games. So uh, just tune in WebSportsRadio.com, and you can watch some women's ACHA Division One hockey. Okay, I want you to listen for a minute <clears throat> to two things as we as we uh, depart here. Um, I captured two things from from Missouri State when I was there. So you tell me what you think. I've got the goal horn, uh, which I absolutely love, and I got a uh, a little clip from uh, from Hunter Cooley. So listen, and we will talk to you down the road, my friend. All right. Hey, thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Hunter Cooley, captain of the Missouri State Ice Hockey Bears, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, Stephen and I will take a quick break. We will come back and uh, wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly in about three minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. The 
this is Adam Trunko, captain of the CU Bus, the UNACHA hockey team, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, this is Alex King, the captain of the University of Utah Utes. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, folks. In case you didn't know, this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. We like to uh, to pump it up a little bit. It's our Wednesday night show that is dedicated to ACHA hockey. And we're getting uh, the, the captains involved, too, which is nice. Oh, yes. Every time I see a captain, it's time to get a, a quick little blurb from him, a little drop, if you will. Um, Scott Strandy with you in Kansas City, Missouri tonight as I make my way back towards Colorado tomorrow, very, very early in the morning. Uh, NCAA hockey next weekend or this coming weekend with uh, the battle for Colorado Springs as Air Force and Colorado uh, College will do battle Friday and Saturday. Um, Stephen Marsh in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, doing his first play-by-play games of his career. Um, so congratulations for, on that. For, that's a for, for that's hockey. A for deal. hockey. Now, I, I did yeah. some another sports for when hockey. I was at UNLV, but for hockey, yes. Yeah, for hockey. Um, so congratulations on getting that opportunity. Uh, you're also going to do our game of the week. So you tell us the game of the week that you chose, uh, what game of the two and who it is. Well, it's going to be the second game of the weekend between UNLV and Missouri state. You know, we've been doing the game of the week with the first games of the series and, and sometimes those turn out to be really good, but sometimes the second game is the better one. So what's time we're going to try to do the second one. I figured, too, with uh, Missouri State coming in, um, that long bus trip, and, of course, Mr. Casson talked about me, they're not going to have the regular bus. They're going to have a nice uh, travel bus or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so they might sleeper not – Sleeper bus. Sleeper it's bus, thank sleeper you. Sleeper bus. Sleeper bus. And so they may not have the – they might be okay, not as uh, heavy on the legs as, as they would be on a regular charter bus going that 22-hour drive or however long it ends up being. But, um, but maybe – if anything, the second game would be we might see more of, you know, the kind of teams that we expect to see. Um, so it's going to be good. And then you know UNLV um, will we'll be ready. They they came off a, a split with Arizona last weekend. Uh, the first game of the two, Arizona won, and then the, the next night uh, UNLV won uh, to split the weekend. And and so we'll see what happens between Missouri State and UNLV. But it it really could be um, a lot of people. Pre- picked UNLV to be the top team in the WCHL this year. And, of course, Missouri State's in the mix. And so these are important points, uh, up to six points up for grabs uh, this weekend if, if their regulation wins. And we could really start to see more separation. Either UNLV can inch close to Missouri State, things kind of stay the same, and or it kind of gets more spread out. So it's going to be a fun, fun weekend. Missouri State gets our game of the week two weeks in a row. Of course, this will be the second time UNLV is featured. Makes it easy when I live in Vegas and can go to the UNLV games, and so that that helps too. But uh, well, don't, well, we don't know what to do in November yet because UNLV's all their games will be away, so it'll require me to have to travel if if we cover any games in November or you're traveling. But we'll get to that point when we get there. But we got this weekend, and it's Halloween weekend, so that's Halloween in Vegas is always fun. Um, sometimes, of course, you can't tell if it's just another regular another weekend in Vegas or if it's Halloween weekend <laughs> because it can be can be the same. But UNLV's got some stuff planned, so I'll mention that real quick since we are talking. It'll be the game week. They're going to be doing a trunk retreat. They're going to be so we'll maybe try to capture some of that uh, outside before the game, and we'll get some, of course we'll get some pregame interviews and stuff. Won't be able to shoot any footage of the game during the game, but maybe can can clip some stuff from the from the broadcast and uh, and put that on there. So hopefully we can put something together, and it'll be uh, it'll be fun to have another WCHL game week. I think these have been going well and been well received uh, when we post them on social media by the teams that are involved and 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 the family members, I think, appreciate it too, and the players, I'm sure, do. So at least we hope so. And and so, yeah, this is going to be great, and it'll be fun for, for Missouri State to come from Spring Vegas to Real Vegas, and it'll be fun for UNLV <laughs> to play a team that they haven't played uh, before, to, to my knowledge. So uh, is, that, is, that, is that pumping up enough? Yeah, that pumped it up. Okay, who else is playing this weekend? You got a schedule in front of you there? Did you go I, to our website and go down the schedule? <laughs> <laughs> we do yes, have I, the WCHL schedule up as well. Um, yes, and, anyway. and we should mention that. Well, let's let's um, 
your wife, the executive producer, web designer, whatever you want to, uh, the many hats that she wears is doing a good job of keeping the website up to date with the, uh, with the standings, which can also be found on the WCHL Twitter account. Every, every time night that games are done, it's the standings get updated. And then we, we look at that and, and put that on the site. And then, of course, the scores get posted as well. Um, anyway, so let's talk about this weekend. Yes, there are some WCHL games in action. Uh, as we mentioned, Missouri State will be at Vegas to play UNLV. Colorado State will be playing a non-conference game at Jamestown. That's going to be a tough tough battle for them, for Colorado tough State. Tough battle, but, tough trip. Tough trip to... Tough trip, yes. Colorado State 2-4, and four, Jamestown 4-4-2. Four, four and two. So, uh, of course, Jamestown is a team that's always in contention for uh, one of the top spots in the in the standings in the in the rankings and as as steve mentioned this is the final next week the computer rankings take over so this will be a good uh, way to kind of get into that utah is hosting or utah is going to be in tucson this weekend as arizona now goes home to play uh utah and um, i'm sure chad berman and them will be hoping for some good home cooking as they're four and five to start the season. That might be a little bit of a surprise, but they've had a very kind of roads heavy first half of the schedule, but they're going to have a lot of home games and they do pretty well at home. So Arizona is going to be well in the mix. So don't, don't look at that four and five uh, record and be fooled by that. They are still a very good team. Uh, Oklahoma at Colorado this weekend at, at Boulder. And then I think that's it. Yeah. Grand Canyon's off and uh, I think ASU is off. So that's it for the WCHL games. And, of course, Steve mentioned the uh, Arizona State-Missouri Showcase. I love that. I love that Arizona State. I love that Arizona State is, is hosting a showcase in Missouri. Yeah, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. They've been doing it for a few years now. So that's on the w, WCHL uh, side of things. Um, I do want to throw out one game that just came. It, it's on the schedule, but it wasn't finalized till this week. I just heard from uh, Cat Fischitelli up in uh, Prescott Valley that Grand Canyon and uh, Arizona will do battle on December 11th, a Saturday, in that beautiful Prescott Valley Arena. So um, I'm calling it the thrill on the hill, Stephen. What do you think about that? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, I like it. You're you're the Arizona expert, so I'm I take it that's a, a yeah, take it, on something with that area. I'm guessing it, it's going up the hill from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not quite to to uh, the mountainous part of uh, Arizona, which would be. Uh, Flagstaff and beyond. So I call it the hill. It's the Prescott Hill. So why not have the thrill on the hill with uh, Arizona uh, traveling uh, to Prescott along with uh, Prescott Valley, along with uh, Grand Canyon. And if you haven't been that building, oh gosh, you got to see it. It's such a phenomenal building. It used to be uh, ECHL, IHL uh, teams there. The the old Arizona Sundogs played there and that, that place was built for hockey. It's beautiful, and, and we want the place to be packed. So uh, we'll do a little promotion for that as things get down. But now officially signed, Catfish, uh, the GM of the building, said it's officially signed and ready to go. You can get tickets very soon online. He's expecting a press conference uh, or a uh, press release from Grand Canyon, who will be the home team in that one, coming out very, very soon. So you can find out how to get your tickets uh, in advance, you also build buy them at the door, but of course they they want to know the numbers as soon as possible. So it'd be great to buy them in advance. And that'll be that'll be a good game because it seems like the, when those two teams play, it's 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 a battle. I mean, it, you look at what happened just a couple of weeks ago in in Grand Canyon at, at the Arizona Ice Arcadia, where Grand Canyon beat Arizona. At, it was their home opener too, Ari, uh, Grand Canyon, and they beat uh, U of A, um, and. I would expect that it's going to be uh, it'll be a good uh, neutral site game. Although you said Grand Canyon will be the host team, of course, but it'll be it won't be in the usual places of either of the teams. It'll be in a neutral location, so that ought to be fun, and the players will get energized for that. Plus, it's December, so it'll be like the, the last kind of the last gas before the winter break. I believe. Yeah, I, mean, I, I believe think it's that the is the last games before the last weekend of games. Yep. So they go away for Christmas and all that stuff. So okay, well, if you don't have anything else, take it away, my friend. Let me let me get here. Okay, there we go. From the Summer Skate Studios, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly was brought to you by Boost Mobile. Whether it's a new phone for yourself or child's first phone, go to boostmobile.com and click on deals to find the phone that's right for you. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars resort across the US or worldwide. 
play ACHA D1 hockey in Hockey Mad Las Vegas. Go to rebelhockey.com and see if the bright lights and championship mindset is for you. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. My summer skates, just because the summer is gone, doesn't mean we like to, our drinks to be warm. Get your personalized koozies and more. Go to icetimehockeysw.com and click on the green tab of the squad locker banner to get yours. The University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, home of the two-time defending WCHL champions. Buy M-Drive supplements to fuel your drive. Visit mdriveformen.com and refine your prime with M-Drive. And buy Behind the Mask, In the Net, Up the Ice, or In Line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at behindthemask.com. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. And should mention that if people do want to watch the UNLV Missouri State games this weekend, uh, and listen to a familiar voice on those. Uh, Rebel, uh, the UNLV Hockey YouTube channel is where you'll be able to watch those. Uh, I'm sure the, the team will post uh, links to those on their Twitter account, so you can follow the UNLV Rebel Hockey Twitter account as well and at UNLV Rebel Hockey, and they'll be able to see that. And uh, It should be a fun weekend, and uh, you're going to have fun in Colorado. I'm going to have fun in, in Vegas, although it's hard to not have fun in Vegas, but <laughs> but we're going to have fun. Absolutely. All right, we want to... We want to thank our guest Steve Cason uh, for, uh, or Casson, I should say, for uh, for joining us tonight and uh, director of broadcasting from Missouri State. Stephen and I will be back with you next Wednesday night. Good night, everybody. Have a good week, everybody.